0: It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag
1: NFL. Hill will be in the gun here. There's a trips to the left side. Single receiver to the right. Kamara in the backfield. Takes the shotgun. Snap. Throws over the middle. Touchdown. Jared Cook.
0: He to the right side from Lazard. Quick toss to the left side. Devontae's got it. He gets by Slay. To the pylon for the end zone. Touchdown! Devontae Adams with a touchdown reception. And for Aaron Rodgers, his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest of 400 in NFL history. Here comes he Carson. Back now he comes up. Going to fire again. Left side. Going for it. Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. Touchdown! jackpot baby, Vegas touchdown, Vegas touchdown, jackpot, and away. Pressure, there is a flag thrown on the play, late throw comes near side, Kelsey at the five, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City, Kelsey on the reception from Patrick Mahomes.
1: A smorgasbord of highlights from the NFL. We'll start with the last one first, the primetime game. The Chiefs have just one loss. The Broncos gave them a scare, but the Chiefs get another win. They've still got just one loss. Only one touchdown in that game, although amazingly, PK, it should have been two, and nobody realized that it should have been a touchdown. And I, I know it's stunning the Chiefs didn't challenge it, but if you're on the ground 50 yards away or 60 yards away or whatever from that, How would you know that was caught? The receiver didn't give you any clue to look at it, so they missed out on the TD. Well, literally no one, literally no one knew that it was caught. I don't think I could say that about any other touchdown catch I've ever seen because usually if no one else, the receiver, A, he's always open, and B, he always caught it.
2: Yeah, it was funky.
1: Shocker of the day, uh... The Raider finish was incredible, but the Giants just shouldn't have been beating Seattle. And yet they did, 17-12. Seattle's offense really not doing much. And the Giants go on the win, and the NFC East gets a big win. You can't say that very often about teams in the NFC East, but that was a good win for the Giants. They lead the division after the 17-12 win in Seattle.
2: Yeah, that was very, very perplexing. Uh, Seattle's offense while wasn't good enough. The defense, which has struggled early, it's has now better. come together. They made yeah. a trade, and the defensive line shored that up, and away they go. But, man, that was a shocker, too, because Daniel Jones did not play. They're going with Colt McCoy. The uh, the Texas guy, I didn't even know he was still in the league. <laughs>
1: it's funny <laughs> you say that. I thought the exact same thing. How did I lose track of Colt McCoy? I thought he was done. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely a game manager. His names, his uh, numbers were nothing to talk about. But hey, seventeen points and uh, don't turn it over and uh, you know throw a pick six. And so he didn't.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, that was the formula for them to win, and they did it. I mean, going to Seattle with no fans is different than going. As we just heard Kyle say, the, uh, for the Utes." Every every game is basically a neutral field game. But still, there'd be no way. I. Whatever money I would have bet, I would have lost because I would have thought Seattle would have won that game for sure. That's as big, I could say, and I can't recall every game this season, but that might be as big a shocker as we've had so far.
1: He almost had the biggest shocker of the year with the Jets, but they were blitzing at the end of the game, and it seems pretty unanimous. You only blitz if you're trying to lose because literally no one blitzes in that situation at the pro level, at the college level. And they had on consecutive plays at the end of the game, when you know they need to get a quick touchdown, they got beat deep and and Carr just overthrew Aguilar on the first one. He was open. And by the way, Aguilar, those were daggers. There is no chemistry with the quarterback. Aguilar got missed for touchdowns on consecutive possessions, and he was... Uh, irritated, plus some. But they hit on the winner to to Henry Ruggs, so they get the victory and get out of there and avoid a massive upset to the winless Jets.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think the Raiders are all bad. I would have put... Uh, it would have been an upset, certainly, but not, not to the level More on of the Jets'
1: patheticness. Uh,
2: yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do now in the offseason as they get ready for uh, the opportunity possibly to draft Trevor Lawrence, but they've already got Darnold. I'm not so sure the jury is in on Darnold as far as the level of quality that he could be, and maybe that's my Pac-12 bias.
1: Well, it would be a chance to trade the top pick because the Jets are clearly a long way away and get multiple picks and multiple players back and and do that, but that's a debate for another day. We can worry about that later. Uh, Other games this weekend. With the Seahawks losing, the Rams cash in. Two big plays in the fourth quarter is a pretty good game. But a long touchdown run and a pick-six, and those two scores blow the game open, and the Rams beat the Cardinals 38-28. So the Rams are now tied for the division lead with the Seahawks. That division got off to a great start, but it's a little bit of, I don't want it, you take the lead lately. It seems like every time a team gets in position, they lose a big game.
2: Yes, uh, the NFC West, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, elsewhere in the league, the the Bears, man, they were almost – Almost back to 500. almost uh, tied to the last playoff berth. Ten-point lead with three minutes to go. They basically had to give up a touchdown, turn the ball over and give up a touchdown. And they did it. Outstanding work by the Bears. The Lions win 34-30. Daryl Bevel, the interim coach, has his first win.
2: Provo's own Daryl Bevel, as I understand, he had a house there in the offseason. He's from Scottsdale and went to Northern Arizona, too, for that matter. So he's got... He's a lumberjack? Yeah. Yeah, I think they went to the, to. Uh, he went to Wisconsin, right? Because on his mission, his LDS mission, they changed coaches, and I think uh, when he came back,
1: it was Brad he ended Children's.
2: up going. He ended up going to Wisconsin, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's a Scottsdale kid. I think uh, his daughter plays for BYU in softball. It's like Scottsdale, uh, Coronado, or Soro, one of those schools. Uh, Chaparral is a—at least when I was down there, it was a really good. Uh, athletic program but yeah and then he moved his daughter as the BYU connections I understand he, he took up residence after Seattle let him go in
1: uh, Utah County there for a while Taysom Hill three and oh as the starter they beat the Falcons 21-16 scored on the first possession of the third quarter and then just kind of sat on it from there on out and had to endure the Hail Mary to the end zone at the end, but they get the win over Atlanta. Sweep the season series, beat Atlanta twice in three weeks, and also had the win in Denver. So we talked about this on TV. Breeze to retirement. Taysom's the starter next year. What do you think? Because this Taysom might get one more start. Breeze is warming up. It's not clear if he's gonna play next next week or not. He seems like he's close. He might miss one more game.
2: Well, it'll be interesting to see what you, Breeze wants to do. You know, right now he holds the cards two things when he comes back he has to play well and which i have no reason to think he wouldn't but you know as he gets older he has said now this is two seasons in a row he's had significant injuries to miss a fair amount of games right we understand that those are facts and so at that point does he play well when he comes back my guess would be yes uh, they're a Super Bowl contender for them, so it's Super Bowl appearance or bust. We'll see if they get there about winning it before we worry about them winning it if they get there. And then does he want to come back next season? I, mean, I don't know the answer to that question. It's a, the indications are he would be interested in retiring, but only at that time when the individual is faced with that decision. He's not faced with that decision now.
1: Yep. Uh, that a uh, good point, though, to, to pump up the Saints coaching staff. They are... 8-0 with backup quarterbacks the last two years, because Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 last year. And a good rule of thumb in the NFL, if you can just go 500 with your backup quarterbacks, you usually take that. To go 8-0, I don't know that I've heard of that in a, in a long time. Doubleheader today, Washington, Pittsburgh, the undefeated Steelers, 3 o'clock. Uh, you gotta have NFL ticket to see that here. It's a Fox game in large parts of the country, but in the Western U.S., including Utah, you'll have to uh, see it on uh, NFL ticket. Buffalo and San Francisco playing in Arizona—literally uh, the neutral field because the Niners aren't going to be able to play home games because of Santa Clara County. So that's Monday Night Football at 6:15 on ESPN. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag BYU. He goes up under center now. Here's Algier, a huge hole up the middle. And Algier sprint into the end zone. It's a 42-yard touchdown. Wilson lets it go, and he's got his man again on the left sideline. The Cougars on the move as Milne goes down the sideline. Touchdown, Brigham Young. That is an answer for BYU
1: and Zach Wilson. First and goal from the two. This is time. He's got the ball. He's got the touchdown
0: clears, retake the lead. Last chance for the Cougars. Mill the catch. Wrestled down on the two. Coastal wins it.
1: Highlights from the battle of undefeateds. The Chanticleers win by a yard. BYU 9-1. The dream dies here, PK. So many things in this game. So many opportunities to go back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if this, if that. But... Coastal Carolina gets the victory, and BYU is left to wonder what if. If, if, if.
2: Well, as far as this individual game goes, absolutely. I thought BYU blew it. I mean, we all give them credit. They received widespread national favorable publicity, not notoriety. Notoriety is
1: a negative thing. This was positive.
2: It is positive. and rightly so. Getting on a plane and doing what they did, 2,200 miles against a funky offense, at least to a degree, it's not easy. And so we give them credit for that. I mean, they had to do it after the Washington debacle. Uh, they, they couldn't say no. It. They had yeah. to say yes. Yes, and, and they were willing to do it. And, and, you know, I'd spoken to Kalani a couple of weeks back, and, and it was true about he just wants to play. So we're all for that. We're giving them all that credit. I put this thing on the offense because, to me, there's really no excuse for you only scoring 17 points. Is that what they had? Was it, was it,
1: 17 points, yeah, only three seven. in the second half, and they got right. them on the opening possession. They were basically right. shut out over the last 25-ish that, that, minutes.
2: I don't care if you had to travel around the world and your offense didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the defense. Your offense had been clicking. Too many mistakes, too many questionable uh, decisions uh, by coaches. That thing that really, really gets under my skin is having to take that time out. On that punt, because I think if you could have given Zach Wilson one timeout to give him more time on that final drive, I think they get in. But that's just a bunch of what ifs and all that stuff. But there is no reason that you needed to take that timeout on that punt. There's just absolutely no reason at this this late in the junk. They're not the Pac-12, which some teams have only played two or three games. No, you've you've had virtually almost a full season of games now, spread out over a little longer time period. So to me. They blew that game. Credit for them to play it. Yes, absolutely. But from the offense, offensive perspective, you would have told me they would only score 17, and as you say, only three in the second half, I would have said no way going into it. I thought they'd get
1: to at least 30. I thought 30 would win the game. I thought 30 was the winning number. I thought it was clear that BYU, the fewest points they'd been held to this year was 27 in the UTSA win. And the most points that the Chanticleers had given up was 27 when they beat the ranked Louisiana team with the last second field goal. And it just seemed like 30 was going to get it done, but they didn't get anywhere near 30. So, Alright, we'll have more on this game coming up. Uh, we got a lot of reaction to it. Cougars dropped in the polls. They're 14 in the AP poll, 16 in the coaches poll, and uh, I expect they'll be lower than that when the committee, college football playoff committee rankings come out tomorrow. They're going to host San Diego State Saturday night Lavelle LaBelle Edwards Stadium, 8 o'clock ESPN. Uh, is that going to be... I, ESPN, I thought it was going to be ESPN 2. They're moving stuff around. We'll figure it out later in the week. It's typo on my part. I think yeah, I missed okay. the two. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Pocket holds for Bentley. His throw
0: to the end zone is caught for the touchdown by Brandon Covey. And Utah extends its lead 22-10 for the Utes. And the staff pointed out he's a guy who can break your jaw. Covey on the return. A game-changing play. He cuts it back at the 10, and he is gone for the touchdown. Welcome back, Britton Covey.
1: Britton Covey with two big second-half touchdowns to put the Utes up 30-10, and then they hold on to win at 30-24. Wasn't as convincing as it felt like it was going to be early in the fourth quarter, which uh, had Kyle Whittingham very cranky in the postgame. That That was one of his cranker postgames right there, PK, certainly after a win. There was progress. They didn't have four. We don't, we're not talking about four or five turnovers today uh, like we were after each of the the first two games. The uh, Utes did not turn the ball over at all. And the running game, Ty Jordan, that was spectacular. But red zone issues, short yardage issues, uh, not good. And that had Kyle pretty fired up after the game.
2: Yeah, I listened to it. I actually went to bed. I didn't even bother getting on it. At 12.15, the game went over, was over. Uh, uh, this is way too late. Uh, for what? Uh, I, I keep coming money. back to. What? What does it matter? Money. What, what? What are they playing for this season?
1: Get better. Be ready for next year. I mean, they're they're one and two. They're not going anywhere. I don't think anyone in the conference is. Well, I guess somebody's going to the festival, but nobody's going to the Rose Bowl. And so, yeah, get make make some money and make sure your young players get better. And to that degree, the running game looked better. You know, they found a, a freshman running back, and, you know, Kyle said, yeah, he's he's the guy. You're giving him 27 carries. I think we figured that out during the game. Then He's the guy, 27 carries, yeah, no, no, 167 that's awesome. yards.
2: Absolutely, that's awesome. Yeah. As far as the money, the players aren't getting it, and Kyle's already getting an enormous amount of money. <laughs> so, I mean, that, for those people, there's no benefit there. But, you know, play the game. But I'm just not going to draw... Incredible evaluations from the game. I mean, well, Oregon State's not playing with their quarterback. Their top running back who' probably the best running back in the conference. He's averaging. COVID protocols. He's
1: protocols. What, what does that mean? He's averaging over seven yards a carry. He's a massive weapon.
2: He is. I mean, is he sick? I don't know. We're supposed to follow the science. Science tells me he's got a 99% chance to recover, but he can't play. Nope. Follow the science. Yep. Follow the science when it fits your narrative. When it doesn't, don't follow it. And so I'm having a hard time drawing conclusions. Now, yeah, they got better. That's good. They found a runner. That's good. And what does it mean this season? Nothing.
1: Well, uh, and and the other big thing for what it doesn't mean next year is the guy who's going to be the quarterback next year, we all assume because he's quarterback for 14 plays this year, Cam Rising, isn't getting better because he got hurt. And that just seems like a massive missed opportunity. So when everyone's getting frustrated about kicking field goals early in the game, well, your backup quarterback's now your starter, and he missed the star tight end who was open twice. Unbelievably wide open one time, but pretty wide open the other time, too. And oh, that there should was have been touchdowns. There. Oh, big yeah. time. Yeah, Brant Keithy's body language when he got missed the second time. <laughs> second time, on the right side. Sur- yeah. Surpassed only by Aguilar's body language when Derek Carr missed him the second time because it's the pros and you got even higher expectations of your quarterback.
2: But yeah, but my the- perspective is from the fan perspective. The uh, coaching perspective I understand exactly what Kyle's talking about.
1: Well, the youths will be back at it Friday, Colorado. On the road, 7.30, Fox Sports 1. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. Hey, guys. Just wanted to uh, speak for a second about some comments that I made earlier tonight on our college.
1: That wasn't what Yach wanted it to be, but uh, that was going to be a highlight from uh, USC's win over Wazoo. You ever seen a receiver score four touchdowns in one quarter, PK? That was... That was probably the standout to me out of USC blowing out uh, Washington State. I don't think I've ever seen uh, Keaton you know, Slovis, Slovis throws for five touchdowns, but he had uh, he had the, uh, the hookup, the connection going uh, right out of the gates with uh, Aaron Ross St. Brown, who scored four touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Wazoo gets beat 38-13. to Best teams in the uh, country, all the top-ranked teams. Uh, they just kept uh, they just kept winning. They kept rolling. a uh, and got pushed a little bit by Auburn. Uh, Bo Nix had an outstanding touchdown run, but it wasn't enough. AM wins 31-20. San Jose still undefeated. They won in Hawaii, so they may be headed to the, uh, if they can beat Nevada this week, uh, neutral side in Las Vegas. They'll be headed to the Mountain West Conference title game, probably to play Boise. You like it when dads of famous coaches, uh, or when uh, sons of famous uh, coaches follow in their dad's footsteps. Shane Beamer, son of Hall of Fame coach Frank Beamer, announces as new head coach at South Carolina.
2: Paid his dues, man. It was a
1: long, hard struggle. He'd been an assistant coach at Oklahoma. So now he's the guy. DJ and PK, hashtag NBA. Rockets James Harden did not report for the first day of workouts. Skipped an individual workout, but reportedly told team executives he plans to report soon. He's requested a trade to the Brooklyn Nets. You pencil in Houston in a little lower in the West, this doesn't, uh, doesn't seem like this is going to go well for Houston, and whatever the Rockets are going to be isn't what they've been, either because Harden's gone or because Harden isn't all in when he's there. Either way, doesn't it seem like uh, a change is coming in Houston?
2: Uh, you have to see when he's out on the floor. I mean, I, cannot, I can't attack his professionalism when he hasn't really shown some level of unprofessionalism that I'm aware of so I don't know that he's going to powder. or you're, you're implying that he's going to give a half-hearted effort
1: or hold I out can't. or hold out and just say hey I'm, I want out and I just think once you make a public trade like that as a star that the however it goes it's going to go differently going forward it can't how, how there's probably a couple examples I mean a long time Hakeem Olajuwon wanted a trade and he ended up winning two titles So I can't say definitely it's over, but it seems like that's the way it goes the majority of times. Okay. Zion Williamson, no minute restrictions when the season begins. Pelicans are cutting him loose. Last year, of course, he missed a big chunk of time, and then when he came back, he was on a minute's restriction. So it's going to be different this year. They're cutting Zion Williamson loose. Good. I want to see it. And the Blazers have closed their team facilities three positive tests for COVID-19 in four days. They don't, they don't tell you who it is, but it's three in four days. So I guess this is why they only turned out half the schedule for the year so that they could reschedule stuff if this happens to teams once games get going on December 23rd.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to get used to it. This is not going to be the last, obviously.
1: DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college basketball.
1: BYU beats Utah State. Close game. Tied at 61. Couple minutes to go. And the Cougars grinded out. Alex Barcelo leading the way with 23 points for BYU as they win 67-64. And the Cougars improve to 5-1.
2: Seems like they were tied at 61 for about nine minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come
2: on, somebody. Take the lid off Before the hoop. Harding hits the three in the corner. <laughs> but yeah. It just seemed like, man, it was tied for a good long time. Nobody could score down the end.
1: Southern Utah beat Montana, swept them, had a couple of home games and uh, won them both. And uh, Dixie State blew out St. Catherine, and uh, that's it for this weekend. Next weekend, it'll be uh, BYU and Utah and... Utah State and Weber State next Saturday, so big local weekend. The big game of the week was uh, number one, Gonzaga, and number two, Baylor, and it didn't get played, and Gonzaga has now shut down all team activities until December 14th. They've had a couple positive tests, so canceled four games, although none of them very high-profile games. all All pretty much wins as they tune up, so... Those, those four off the boards now. Yeah,
2: and I was planning on watching that game because I didn't think the football would be that good. Texas A&M and Auburn, I ended up watching all of that. Ohio State was going to blow the Michigan State out, which they did. That was no surprise there. I, I think Ohio State should be in the playoff. if They only play two games. If you're going to go on best teams, uh, we'll see what they do there. But uh, I hadn't intended to watch that. Gonzaga Baylor game, you know I got a John Wooden Award vote, so I try to keep up. I don't know that the game, the result of the game, would have had no bearing on anything. It just would have been a fun game because with those two teams both making the tournament, and hopefully there is a tournament, you know, then it's a matter what you do there. Uh, but uh, that was was somewhat of a downer because it was going to feature, as you say, one versus two, not uh, I can't say traditional Blue Buds, although they've both been very good now for a few years, particularly Gonzaga, obviously. Mark Few. I mean, if you're going to choose a coach in college, eh, how could you go wrong if you choose Mark Few? I mean, what a program, what a phenomenal job he's done.
1: What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. You receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Utah football availability in the 8 o'clock hour. Ty Jordan, freshman running back, going for 167 yards. We'll hear from him. Brant Keithy scheduled to talk. Kyle Whittingham at about 8:30. Players should be up first. Uh, Jay Drew, Boe football writer uh, for the D News, and Utah basketball writer for the D News will join us at nine o'clock. Stay with us.
0: Let's go. The big show. It's a big- with gordon monson and jake scott
1: football fridays coach Mac, Alema harrington we're here at the warehouse tom alema said he was a little bit jealous well, so just a out, little having a lemma deal <laughs> a lemma special okay i've got about 10 love seats aha uh-huh. hey what hey. do you think coach that's uh, just what you need is yes. a, love a, a, love a love seat there's Service.
0: nothing wrong with cuddling on a love seat okay well i, I cuddle I, with my
1: wife and watch a movie yeah i agree with yeah. that my wife is Practicing social distance. (laughs) (laughs) She's been doing that for 25 years, right? I was waiting for Gordon to
0: pop in on that one. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Time for Hot Takes or Toast, brought to you by Jerry signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry signer Cadillac. All right, the question of the weekend. BYU lost, have at it. It's not really a question. But you're all going to react to a game that big with a finish like that. And Cougar fans who love their team and the Ute fans who hate the Cougars. And everybody's got an opinion on what happened and why. So, have at it. All right, here it is. Joseph, I'm glad they went and played instead of sitting at home. Tough loss. Coastal Carolina played well. And he got nine th- thumbs up for that. No whining. Got to give him points for that. Didn't blame the refs, PK.
2: Oh, yeah, there's no referees to be blamed. I, mean, I, I thought something should have been called at the end of the first half there. I don't think you just, just have a free-for-all to do whatever you want to the quarterback on a pick. I mean, it's known if you throw a pick, make sure your head's on a swivel because you're going to get leveled. But I thought the extension of that uh, after he was up and then tackled again, although I don't know what you're going to do. Are you going to eject him because he, he Whatever penalty, because it would have been after the change of possession, so the Fifth, first half would have been over. It
1: would have been 15 yards on the kickoff on the second half, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what they could have done there, but something should have been done. Other than that, I don't have any problem with the game was refereed, as I rarely do. Uh, to me, sure, uh, give him credit for playing. But if I'm a BYU fan this morning, this puppy stings. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the king of just letting this stuff go because it's entertainment. And I view it as such, and when it's over, it's over. And there's win, winners and losers in every game in, in college football. Uh, so you got to roll with it. Uh, but I have to say, for what was at stake, and, and, there's, and that, that's assuming they win Saturday, which I don't think is an easy assumption. Even if they would have won, I realize there could be a letdown and all that. But still, San Jose State's defense is tough enough to where uh, I wouldn't expect it would have been a rollover game. So... Um, doesn't matter in the terms of the unbeaten. But what was at stake for you? Because I don't know that anything is going to come around anytime soon to have this opportunity where you're going to be nine and zero going into a game like this and to not get it done. If I'm a BYU fan this morning, Monday morning, I have that proverbial hangover effect.
1: Absolutely. Hard to shake that one off. Yeah, I agree. The opportunity was there. There was a chance. Uh, we got a lot of people second guessing different things. Uh, Mick posts, I loved it. I'll be what you had to do was stick with the running game. Terrible offensive game plan. Okay, so a couple things. One, they just didn't have enough snaps, partly because the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. Coastal Carolina did a great job of getting themselves into third and one, third and two, and converting so many of them. That was one thing. And then the other thing is the Cougars hurt themselves. They had a chance to extend drives and stay on the field, and they didn't get enough snaps because they couldn't stay on the field. And I thought the run game let them down big time in the second half. You know, they, they kick the field goal early, and they're up 17-13, and the defense gets a stop and gets off the field. And the offense has the ball, and they run it on first down. Sticking with the running game there, Mick. Uh, and they fumble it. And they give Coastal Carolina short field. And the defense does a great job again and holds and forces a field goal. The the turnover, they were basically in field goal range at the 30-yard line when they recovered it. So the running game let him down there. And then in the last segment, you were talking about the punt on the next to last possession and having to call timeout. And Kalani, I know I saw on Twitter a lot of people want him go for it on fourth and five, you know, and in Zach we trust. Throw it and get the first down. You're at midfield. Let's go. But on the third down play, they had third and one or two and got hit for a loss. Now, if the run game's all that, you pick up that first down there and none of the fourth down punt timeout stuff ever enters into the conversation. And if you just run for no gain, you're still set up with a fourth and short and you can go for it. But to lose yardage there and turn it into a fourth and five, you know, I thought those were a couple of huge plays for the run game. And the offensive line that's done a lot of good stuff this year – you know, all the Coastal Carolina guys are laying on the ground in the backfield. That, that's, that's usually a bad sign. <laughs> you, you got beat at the line of scrimmage. And those were huge plays.
2: Yeah, there was, there was a ton of huge plays. I mean, the very first play, the holding, that was a yeah. huge play. So when you lose a game like that, there's going to be a, several close. But I disagree that they didn't have enough snaps. They had enough snaps to win the game, and they didn't they didn't get it done. They, they had plenty of opportunities to win, and they didn't get it done. So it... You can pick aspects of the game, or to, to me, football is a total team game. And so just what, whatever you want to pick as the deciding plays, go ahead and pick. Uh, football is a team game, so it's through it from start to top to bottom. And you can pick and choose whatever plays you want. The fact is, they didn't get it done. And this morning, it stings. If you're a BYU fan, it stings and stings big time. I feel your pain in that way. I don't share your pain, but I feel it because this was a just a golden opportunity that literally may never come again for twenty years. Who knows? I have no idea. Maybe you're back at it next year, who's to say. But it was just a phenomenal opportunity because everybody led with it. It was the story of the week in on Saturday watching the shows and the ESPNs and all that stuff and Fox at halftime they were talking about that game because what are the game you're going to be talking about you're going to be talking about Ohio State kicking the crap out of Michigan State no
1: no No.
2: (laughs) that was to be expected right you're going to talk about Alabama kicking the crap out of LSU no
1: (laughs) don't want to talk about that You know, the the funny thing was that, uh, and I know you hate that I look at the ratings all the time, and I look at the ratings all the time, and I don't get to see the cable ratings, so I don't know what the rating was on ESPNU. I I just see the -the over-the-air stuff. But there's a lot of games over the air, right? CBS had two games. ABC and Fox have games. PK, nobody really went to any of them in any real numbers. The CBS primetime game did like a one rating. I mean, it was so small because most of the audience thought the same thing. No, (laughs) no, I'm not doing that.
2: Yeah, so this was the game of the day, and the way it was created, it's so 2020, the year of, and what an opportunity man and it slipped through your hands i i'm furious because i want the locals to win because it's great for business when the locals win we've said that a million times over Mm -hmm. and if you still want to divide you and me one's byu one's utah you're a blithering idiot (laughs) i mean i think i think 98 of our audience gets that we want to see the locals win because it's great for business we understand that they understand that that's why they keep coming back to us because they know we don't have any any bias we have is actually biased towards the homer not the negative <laughs> and so I'm frustrated for those guys because it's a frustration for us well it mine is much more secondary than that of a fan but if I'm a fan this morning a BYU fan I, I what I'd ask BYU fans what is your emotion because my emotion right now is a from I would think as a You know, a quasi-BYU fan, Uh, no more Utah or BYU, but just talking about BYU, I have a high, high level of irritation because you should have won that game. Simply no excuse for not winning that game.
1: (sighs) Massive disappointment. I can't go with one word. i got to go with two. Disappointment isn't enough. Um, It's true. There is disappointment. There's just so much of it. I think in the the history of BYU football, seasons like this come around about once a decade. And with the schedules they're playing right now as an independent, if you want to argue, uh, they're not even going to come around that often. I think you got a pretty strong case. So when you say that this is – you can't say that it's more than once a decade because it's just not coming around more than once a decade. Um, You know, everything lines up to have this many juniors and seniors, to have key guys stay back. Um, when they could have gone to the NFL. And to have an NFL-quality quarterback, I mean, just all the mock drafts are putting him as a high first-round. Not, not just a first-round pick, but going early in the first round. Just, uh, you know, and throwing to receivers for a third year. There's just so many things that have lined up.
2: Yeah, I, I can't have disappointment, because disappointment to me implies, well— you know, there's a game. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. I'm disappointed that we didn't win. No, nah, to me, it's way more than disappointment.
1: Give me another I'd word. You're the
2: wordsmith. Massive irritation. I mean, the words that I want to use, I can't.
1: <laughs> 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 That'll be for another show later, people. Check out our podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a high level of pissed off and being just irritated to the nth degree. That you let that thing slip away, that that because you should have won. Disappo- and That's just me. Disappointment for you. I'm fine with you, but for me, disappointment means that you, you know you battled, you tried, you just came up a little short. Hey, that's the way it goes. You know what I mean? You, you you played the game, you did some things, and the other team made a couple of plays. And I suppose you can go in that direction, but I cannot justify in any way. If I'm lock, I would include shape or form.
1: The but at the end of the day for losing,
2: <laughs> I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't have any justification for you losing because even in your right, uh, Coastal Carolina way too often was in favorable down and distance. It seemed like every possession was second or third and short. And so whatever it was, whether it was first or second, they were giving up too many yards. They coastal dominated the line of scrimmage from the offense perspective. And that was a surprise. But still, That's at true. the end of the day, they had a chance to win the game. Th- they only scored 22 points. Yep. And ultimately, it's about points. It's not about yardage. It's not about number of snaps. It's about points. And they only scored 22 points for all that domination. They should have scored more. BYU blew that game, and that is really just highly, highly irritating. So that's my level of frustration for BYU. That's my word is irritation. And if I'm a BYU fan this morning, I am just
1: smoking mad. 281 yards rushing for Coastal Carolina. So good at getting four or five yards on first down. Yeah. And getting, yeah, everything, getting everything to go their way.
2: Down and distance was in their favor almost the entire game.
1: Hit us up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK, or you can hit us up on uh, Twitter, David DJ James. Aaron, it's like they didn't want it. Also, the game plan was really flat, like a Bronco-era game. No frills, just don't try to get beat too bad. No frills. On fourth and one, they ran a pitch, a toss pitch. A double That pass. was okay, but it wasn't going to work. But, oh, wait a minute. He's throwing it back to the quarterback. He's throwing it downfield. I, I thought there were some frills and there. earlier on that... Same drive they did. They did the double pass as well. The
0: no pow So they did two of them yeah, in four plays.
1: Go back and read that. What we just read. read it it's again. like they didn't want it. <clears throat> they wanted it. Uh, also, the game plan was really flat, like a Bronco era game. No frills. Just try to get. Just don't try to get beat too bad.
2: Right. So don't try to get beat. To me, implies defensively, don't get beat. And so I'm wondering if he's talking from the defensive perspective. You two went right to trick plays on offense. I'm talking about defensive. I wonder if that's the point. Don't try to get beat. And so should they have applied more pressure? Should they have done some other things? Stack the box more. Force the kid to throw. They didn't throw a lot. How many yards did he have passing? I think less than 100.
1: 85, yeah. yeah. And
2: that's nothing in this
1: game. 10 of 15 for 85 yards. No, it was very very Air (laughs) Force-ish. 281 yards running, 85 yards passing. It's
2: the, uh, to me, I describe it as the, uh, uh, the shotgun. It's the option out of the shotgun. What are you calling that? The shotgun. Okay. I like it. Right. I'm in. <laughs> so you got the shotgun followed by the option. So you got the shotgun. And, uh, and so, okay, fine. And I do think the lack of preparation, that showed up. See, I can understand that. I can live with that. And if you would have given them five, six days, you know, maybe they could have done something different and better. It doesn't matter if you do it different. It matters if you do it better. And so I'm fine with that. But I keep coming back to BYU's offense to where, no, come on, man, your offense has been on fire. We keep, we heard about, well, Boise's quarterback doesn't play defense. Yeah, I got all that. And that was your justifiable argument at that time. He doesn't play. Whoever the quarterback was and is, he doesn't play defense. I understand that. And you rolled 50-some on Boise in Boise. So I expected more because you do have this high first-round draft choice quarterback, uh, and I expected fewer drops. I mean, that play that you talked about, on the trick play there on the front, that they didn't fourth get and one the, was a drop. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it was a drop, man. I, I love announcers. Announcers, I told my wife, were watching that game. Broadcasters, they're just wired to be. Everything is great. Oh, tremendous coverage. It wasn't tremendous. It was good coverage. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, the BYU kid dropped the ball. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. That was a freaking drop. It should have been a first down. So we we can crack on uh, Grimes and A Rod on that all we want. Well, they drew up the play, and it's up to the kid to complete. The coach can't catch the damn ball. The receiver has to catch it, and he didn't do it. And that's just, in those situations, turns out that those are killers. I put this on the offense and that dumb bleep timeout on the punt.
1: (laughs) Getting closer to the podcast all the time. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back We got more people laying in on the game of the weekend DJ and PK Ty Jordan, Brandt Keithy Kyle Woodingham, the Utes coming up in the 8 o'clock hour Stay with us Now let's get this party started
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
1: Eric Weddle joining us. Where does Big Ben rank with some of the best quarterbacks that you played up against? The biggest thing I could say about Ben and what separates him from the top quarterbacks that I've gone against is he's such a big human being. And the way he extends plays, I don't think there's anybody outside of the young guns that are doing it with Russell and Patrick. But before that, like, there's no one that could extend a play by moving around and shrugging guys off and then just make a huge completion, just put a knife. In the back of a defense. I mean, he's done it over and over. And I've been on the field where he gets in rhythms and he gets in those modes where he, there's nothing you can do. He's just going to complete balls. He's going to thread the needle. And, you know, he's been one of the best quarterbacks for a long, long time. And it's, it's great to see him having such success this year.
0: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, the zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. We're getting a lot of feedback this morning, question of the morning. The way it works is it goes up on Facebook over the weekend. But as the show starts, people start jumping in on Twitter, and after listening to the last segment, uh, James uh, tweets at us, it sucks, but the college football playoff committee is wiping their brow right now. Don't have to listen anymore about why is BYU so low? Why are they behind two lost teams? You can put a one lost team behind two lost teams. Nobody really gets all that fired up about it. Whatever. Maybe they'll have to hear about Coastal Carolina, who's now got uh, 10 wins and has beaten two ranked teams. But PK, they don't have any big wins from 2015 because they weren't a bowl subdivision team in 2015. So they can probably get away with passing them over without too much either.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's just like moving the bag back. You're just, instead of BYU, you're just going to move to somebody else. And now, I mean, to me, I know we're thinking it's a big deal because of uh, BYU, but I think the committee's first and foremost issue is what to do with Ohio State. And so I know it's big for us if the Cougars would have won, but I really believe that's a secondary issue. So they're it, mo- far more concerned about. What Ohio State is going to what they're going to have to do because there could be a situation depending on has happens with Michigan that Ohio State isn't eligible for the Big Ten rule uh, title game but can get in the playoff either way. Uh, so I think that's the far greater pressing issue than who's going to play in the Peach Bowl or whatever bowl signed them to.
1: Haven't they tipped their hand? Aren't they going to put Ohio State in, even if they're not in the Big Ten title game? And I know in the past, conference title games have been a, a data point, making up really highfalutin sounding phrases that nobody ever used around football before. It's a data point. Baylor and TCU didn't play. We don't have that data point. You guys have to be left out. I know that happened, but Ohio State's getting in. They're third.
2: Well, I think that when you look at the committee, when it's about Ohio State... They have uh, what is that? Diet, heartburn, indigestion,
1: diarrhea. The <laughs> jingles go. That is not my favorite.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> diarrhea.
1: <laughs> because you know, with the rea,
2: you should end it. You should end diarrhea on a high note. Diarrhea. Okay. You're leading. You're going upward on that. So, absolutely, yeah. That's the. It's, that's the issue see what happens there. Actually, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but watching them play a few times, they're really awesome. They're just so, mauling people. They should be in that thing. Uh, but this year is so freaking crazy. Uh,
1: That's why they're going to put them in. They're just going to write it off. They're crazy. I, I think that they'll get one more game in because even if they're not in the conference title game, they'll give them somebody to play. Um, and, then, and then Ohio State will beat them. Oh, I was thinking Wisconsin maybe. but On the 19th. Yeah. Our oh, Wisconsin season has been so jacked up. Who's know, here right? today? they got to take a roll
2: call every day at practice.
1: Who's here? Who's here today? I'm <laughs> yeah. supposed
2: to think of that. I mean, I just, I really can't get into results this season. Uh, it's just too, too ridiculous. Unless you're playing just a, a slew of games, which BYU had. And I can get into their result. And the Cougars just squandered, man. Oh, what a gut punch.
1: Danger Dibble tweets at us. My 14-year-old daughter had a sleepover Friday night, and they had a huge pillow fight. It reminded me of the BYU football game. Go Utes. There are Utes taking their shots. The condescending Utes,
2: after all the Utes have done.
1: Uh, We got one here from uh, Mark. Uh, We know what happens when BYU plays decent teams. They lose. I think he means they lose, but they lose. So who cares? Okay. And then Lance says, uh, Mark wants to know, uh, why do Ute fans care so much? Why do you care so much that the Cougs lose? I'm just wondering. Lance, it's a rivalry. That's what he says. Lance <laughs> says that's why they're called rivalries. And Jake, yes. because we don't like you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get past from either perspective why they don't care. We know why they care. They care because it's a rivalry. They that's the ultimate. I, I'm sorry, friends. It's not sporting Kansas City and. Uh, Real Salt Lake. We hate them. They hate us. I mean, I appreciate the uh, manufactured stuff. This is a true rivalry that spans literal lifetimes. This is what a rivalry is about. So, yes, they lost and if you're a Utah fan who cares about the rivalry, and there's some who don't, but if you are, then you're glad they lost. So... BYU fans, come on. You ought to understand that. That's what a rivalry is all about. That's what makes this thing so great is that you're not in a conference. You BYU's loss has zero bearing on the Pac-12. It just is meaningless. But yet you care. Yes. that's And you should care if you're into the rivalry because that makes your program something. I think that's a selling point, actually. You know, we play BYU. It's a big-time rival. And it gets national respect. I think the youth people ought to embrace it because kids like to play in those types of games.
1: Yes, they do. And then to that end, they need BYU to win more. So when BYU has a year like they've had this year and they're on the map, that is going to resonate if the youths are recruiting a kid out of California or Texas or wherever. That's going to resonate. If BYU's putting together a multiple seven and six seasons, I don't think that does resonate. It resonates with the local kids, but it doesn't resonate with a California and Texas kid. Yeah, I
2: disagree completely. I think it resonates because when you walk out on that field, it is something intangible that is hard to feel, but you can feel it because when you go into the Ed and you go into Rice-Eccles when each program is playing each other and you compare it to what the feeling is for another non-conference game, there is a dramatic difference, and you can practically taste it. Yeah, and, there's, and you can could, you could sense it because the fact is when you go down to Provo and play in that game and you look up, into the, what would that be, the northwest corner where they sit most of the Ute fans. That
1: pie-shaped slice of uh, red yes. the visitors and always I have sit. been yeah.
2: down on that. We all have been down on the field, been over there. And I, and I have been with Utah on non-conference games on the road. And it's always fun to win on the road. But the feeling and winning in Provo, it is dramatically different no matter where they are. And I can argue it's dramatically different no matter where they are in the conference from, from that perspective. So I think the out-of-state kids, it takes about uh, 20 minutes to figure out this is something different.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're going to hear from the Utes coming up next. they got a Friday game. They're going to have the weekly availability. Ty Jordan coming off the 167-yard rushing performance. He's going to meet with the media in their Zoom availability this week. Uh, Brant Keithy, the tight end, is going to be available. And head coach Kyle Winningham coming at 8.30. Players coming up next. Stay with us.